Sentire Media Here we go, twice in 30 days. Don't get used to it. It is the 14th <laughs> of January. A This is Let's... Blah, 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 blah. Should I start over? No, again? keep it going. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Latavla Marque podcast. All right. We'll, we'll take two. Here we go. And chalk. Well, thank you so much for downloading the podcast. 14th of January. It is 8.30 in the morning. All our chore, morning chores are done. It is a cold, overcast, cloudy... Winter's morn. Winter's morn. Sunday morning. <laughs> so we thought, we uh, why do all the things that are on our list that we should do? Let's uh, do a podcast. Sounds good. All right. Well... Instead of cappuccinos, we've got a Bloody Mary this morning. Ashley does. I'm getting over a li- weird, like... I was, like, sicky this week, but not, like... I just felt kind of achy and crappy, but no, like, nose stuff, no cough, no stomach, stomach stuff. It was just weird. So I am not... Drinking. I am not an alcoholic, and I will not drink Bloody Marys this morning. <laughs> you requested it. I said I wanted a sip. It's kind of like pancakes. <laughs> and like, you said you wanted to clean out the freezer. Well, yeah, because you had all these bottles of, of stuff in there. Because you actually made Bloody Marys over the holiday, uh, which I did partake in. But now there's like four bottles of, of vodka clogging up my freezer. and a thing of ice. The, a thing of ice and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah. So, welcome to the podcast. Woo! <laughs> my oh we should reset it for those for the for the 12 of you listening maybe one or two are new so my name is jason that's ashley together we run own operate la tavola marque a tiny little agriturismo in the middle of nowhere a tiny place called piobico italy um jason just is being sweet about the 12 listeners we're pretty popular <laughs> We're number 604 in Norway. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, 144 no one... in Ashley, we do this, traveling places. We, we do this one and a half times a year. I don't see how we could be popular. We don't do it. We don't do it for the popularity, man. No, we just do it for the stories, for the peeps, uh, for the podcast. That is, that, I got to admit, that is a good Bloody Mary. I grew up with Bloody Marys, man. This is yeah, the... because you come from a long line of functional alcoholics. That is true. <laughs> This is, I, during the holidays, it was like, oh man, what's, we were looking up things like, um, we always do this around the holidays of comfort foods and wanting to get like, um, a can of, uh, the, the cranberries, like, and I, I like crappy cranberries. Oh God, can. it's the best. And to but, get them in Italy, oh my it was God. like, it was, it was like two cans for like 38 euros. Plus shipping of another yeah, 20 or something. It was like, and it was like oh happening. my God. Or we do it with looking up Crispex or some sort of cereal. And I was thinking, oh, what about Bloody Marys? And I found on Amazon a, uh, Bloody Mary mix and thought it's a lot easier just to do that. Then I know well, yeah. we can do all the ingredients well, and make them not, from scratch. It's not easy to find Tabasco horseradish, uh, Worcestershire sauce. Exactly. It's, these aren't things that are readily available mm-hmm. just on the shelf. So uh, I got the tomatoes. I know, I know. But man, this hit the spot. Bringing back those memories. Anyway, speaking of the holidays, uh, holidays passed without much fanfare. We had a. Uh, Leroy, As you all know, we were uninvited. To we were Christmas. uninvited to Christmas, and that that <laughs> un- invitation stuck. So uh, the big boy Leroy got a um, surgery on the twenty second. So we were kind of just kind of chained to home anyway yeah god and rosanna did come over for christmas eve uh he had a um what, what do you call it gastro you know the name of it gastro pl- pl- 
dysplasia, something like they that. They put a stitch in, to connect his stomach to the inside of his body so it doesn't flip and kill him. Which is typical bloat for some of these big dogs um, and other breeds too. But uh, so, yeah, we were stuck at home. And anyway, New Year's also came and went. Nothing too exciting. The uh, poor Piobico had their Presepe Vivante. The living nativity scene. I never know how to say that word. Is it vivente or vivante? Oh, good question. Don't don't, don't listen to us. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for <laughs> Italian language, do not pick another podcast. <laughs> that is pathetic. Coming from us being here so long and citizens. We've we've been here too long to say that. But go yes. keep going. Um, but it got the weather was too cold. It actually freaking rained, and we haven't had rain forever. And it rained that weekend, so. The Bafana festivities uh, and the living nativity scenes were lackluster this year. Sadly, well, let's let's explain what exactly. Bafana is. So, um, the one of the one of the first uh, experiences we had in this area before we even moved here, we were just kind of passing through researching the area, was um, the Bafana festival in Urbania. Bafana is the epif- celebration of the Epiphany on the 6th of January. And it's kind of the end of the holiday season mm-hmm. here in Italy. But it's a big holiday. It's a big holiday. And um, as as local folklore would tell it, Urbania is the home of La Bafana. And La Bafana is the uh, character to celebrate Epiphany here in Italy. And it's a Oh, normally a real ugly old lady um, or someone would even She's say a, a good witch, witch yeah. the good witch and she comes and she sweeps your chimney no she cleans up she cleans up and sweeps and she's always on her broom she's and not, it's not mary poppins she a little bit a little she bit she doesn't clean chimney <laughs> and she leaves coal for the bad children and caramelle sweets for the good kids in their stockings so sounds very familiar i'm sure um and urbania that first year it was hilarious we were just driving through trying to head back to the little house we had rented my sister was with us Uh uh-huh after looking at properties all day we have no idea what's going on we're not expecting any festivities and there's just like lines of cars and tons of traffic late at night and we're like what is going on and late at night it was probably probably seven yeah i know it was (laughs) it's just so dark it feels like it must be 10 and we're like well we don't have anything going on let's freaking pull over and see what's happening so we follow the crowd into the city center and we end up being there just in time for Bafana descending into the crowd from the clock tower and uh it is like the big scene and we were fill into this packed little piazza and somehow we see it feels like we're right in the middle and the crowd goes quiet and the lights come on and she's gonna come down and i'll never forget my sister and i start doing the like old school arsenio hall like and we're like yipping and yapping and howling and hooting and hollering and everyone it was like looked at us and it was oh respectful silence (laughs) we had never heard of this before come to find out we'll find out more about that in the next story but um it was so much fun to see all these people out in this little town and who knew we'd end up living here i don't know it's just kind of wild well for me it really sold us on the area because i thought look at this like dead of winter festival out here this is great i i I don't know i I always remember that first Mm -hmm. happening on and the market and all of it, I know it was great. And back then, the old men, the men in town used to dress up as the old uh, well, Bafana. I feel like they did it up more back then. Well, now back it's then. changing. Back then, in the olden days, in two thousand seven. 
but, but poor poor Urbania, they invest these little tiny villages invest a lot of money in trying to put on these festivals and they got it rained out there was a little bit but not well, also nearly. italians are hyper hypochondriacs and oh, if the weather's drop, cold yeah, or there's one rain. drop of rain these are like geared towards kids and they're like oh it's troppo rischio it's just too risky we can't have the babies out in this so, um, and then the same thing happened with the living nativity scene in, uh, in Piobico and that we learned respectful silence the hard way as well. <laughs> Notice how none of these involve me. This, this next one doesn't, this next story doesn't involve me either. Uh, we've told this before, but we were invited to participate and to be, um, paper makers. We were, we were part of a scene yes and they take over these old empty if you will storefronts just parts of the old part of town working its way up to the top of the castle and they'll have different scenes going on bread bakers someone just sitting and having dinner people making wool wool um basket weavers you get it. yeah so we were uh, paper makers just but sit there with like our like costume on and pretend to like which pound. Was, which was just like a hat and a sack, like a yeah. potato sack, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and a belt. Yeah. Totally. And so people like come through and they just make their way up to see baby Jesus. And it's only lit with f- torches and it's so beautiful. It's some music playing. Well, when anyone got to our stall, I was like, oh, Giuseppe, ciao, blah, blah, blah. I started yakbending up to anyone who came by and would like, oh, hey, blah, 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 how are the she kids? She was told not by the, pe- not by the organizers, but by the <laughs> people, partici- people walking by to stop talking. More um, than once. They showed me the program that said respectful silence, <laughs> and we were never invited back. I thought we were a hit, but I guess. Never asked <laughs> to do that again. <laughs> I guess so many people are dying to be paper makers. I, I, I was really hoping we'd get asked back and like get higher up and yeah, closer yeah, we to were, Jesus to we some of the better we stalls. Low. Well, in, in retrospect, they chose wisely. They us, did. We were like outside low. the wall. Yeah. <laughs> we were the vagabondi for sure. The oh pores. We were definitely the pores. I know. Um, so what else has been going on after the holidays? Oh, it's <laughs> well, it's full on hunting season. Oh well, now it's wrap. Now we're at the fifteenth. Yeah. it's kind of wrapping up. But over the holidays, big time hunting. Oh um, my gosh! The boar hunters they hunt these big groups of guys in four wheel drive vehicles, and they were behind the house a lot between Christmas and New Year's, and came and dropped us off the back leg of a of a boar. It was a good chunk of meat. They got. They shot. They shot. They don't shot it behind the house. They shot it behind the house, and they shot it in the late afternoon. And there's not a lot of light going on. So at around seven o'clock, we because see because by honestly, especially right then, by four something, it's starting to get dark. Four, especially, especially if it's cloudy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know they they're not going to be able to haul it out of the woods in time for dark, and they probably don't have the equipment to do it right then. So all right, let's go. We'll quit. We'll go have dinner, and we'll come back after. Well, side note. <laughs> We're in the what's the dining room, and that's we take over the dining room area um, in the winter with the dogs and all this stuff and stretch out. And I see all of these again, middle of the night. It was probably again, it was, it was seven. six forty five <laughs> seven. It was not the middle. It's of the night. super dark, and all these like truck cars start. I see the lights start coming up the driveway, like one, two, three, four, and I'm like. What the hell? And I'm thinking, this is like out of a movie where, like, the... um, Get the gun! Get the gun! (laughs) Like, are we about to be invaded? What is going on? No, it's the nice hunter goes out, and it's the hunters, and they're like, hey! (laughs) 
And they all have head. Well, you saw them. Yeah, I mean, they're geared up. They got their headlamps and puffy coats and, mm-hmm. and winches. And I think that they had to. I don't know where it was, but they were in the back because there a it drops hours. into like the like Creek River Ravine behind yeah, yeah, yeah. the house. Like if, who knows? Who knows where it was? So I think they had to like tie that thing to a log and hoist it out. And then like Peter and the Wolf style, like yeah. carry it out carry on it out. like big yeah. sticks with all the guys. Well, sure enough, the very next day, knock 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 at the door, and they delivered. The back, a back leg of a young, it was a younger boar, but but a good hunk of meat. So I, what do you do with all this? I don't want to just stick in the freezer and forget about it. So I made um, uh, boar sauce in white, not red. I don't like the red one with tomato. The white, well, explain what that means. It just means it's more of like, um, olive, like olive oil and broth and it, it comes out, uh, it has no tomato in it. Exactly. Versus like a heavy tomato, tomato board, ragu. ragu. yeah. It's not but that at call, all. No. And, um, that's what's typical in our area. If you have come and stayed here and we went up to Aquapartita to the Hunter's Hideaway and had the boar, um, Paparadele, that was the style Jason was making it. But, uh, so it's got a bit of but I over, juniper. Yeah, it's got, so it's bas- a little bit of carrot, celery, and onion fried in a pan, a tiny, tiny bit it's not veg it's not like vegetables like a beef stew you needed some more carrot (laughs) (laughs) it gets too sweet if you put too much carrot but they have more carrot in aqua partita that's because i could be the carrot disintegrated i overcooked everything it that's like you know how it turns into like mushy baby food whereas aqua partita it's it's more you see the carrot you see the carrot you see the pieces um then you throw in your meat and Brown it up a little bit, hit it with some white wine, throw in all your um, uh, your juniper and your piece of rosemary and some uh, sage, salt and pepper, and then you just kind of let it cook. And once it starts getting dry in the pan, you hit it with stock. You hit it with, with stock. Not like risotto, not like um, a soup. You give it a later or two just to keep it moist in the pan, and you cook it down. How I, long? I cooked it down way too long. So oh, I, it was that you, really? Yeah, because it mushed up. Everything got mushy. Oh, I wanted it more, more like a little the, more texture. Yeah, because the pieces of boar started to just kind of like beef, like disintegrate into okay. like shredded. Meat. It was still good though. It's good, but Rosanna pointed that out. It was well. Also, there was a little bone. Well, that's because like, <laughs> I knew they, that's not your fault. That well, it's... it is. They threw in the rib, uh, like the ribs, and I was like, "Oh, I'll throw those in for flavor." And the little tiny, well, the way they didn't cut it with, dude, they're they're boar hunters. They hack it to death. So there's all these little pieces of <laughs> little shards, little shards of bone that were. I was like, that oh, I should dumb. have. I should have paid more. I do the Gordon to. Ramsay to Jason and and find a little piece of bone and go, damn, and <laughs> hand it to him. <laughs> And yeah, Rosanna was hilarious. She called to talk about it and make sure, find out, like, is that how it was meant to be? <laughs> she just wants to see my answer. It's so like, funny. no, I overcooked it. Yes, I know there's tiny pieces. <laughs> you're welcome for the, you're welcome. For the uh, jar of boar sauce. For the jar sauce. of sauce. So, uh, and now. So you, you made a t- Well, it came well, out a ton was, for just little, the two of yeah. us. So there's plenty in the freezer and I ma- put some in jars and passed them around the neighborhood. The neighborhood. <laughs> he took some up to some friends up in a little uh, Borgo. suburb, Borgo, a mini Borgo of Piobico. Um, this back road, this crazy back road between us and Piobico uh, to get up there called Monte Forno. And it's this like six little apartments maybe up there. It's 
uh, maybe uh, more, but I'm not sure how many are totally restored. Well, you say apartments. They're houses, but they divided it. Like, it's yeah, ruined. Townhouses, if you will. So, um, it's a, the middle of nowhere. It's, it's really cool. But um, it's this little peak of a – kind of just peak of a mount, uh, hill that um, – over the years, mostly foreigners have restored. There's some POBKZ who still have places there. The but, friends of ours up there are Dutch. But um, it's interesting going up there and seeing all the little – I've never been – for some reason, I've never been. I know. There. That's why I was like, you got to go. So when I went up there the other day and delivered the uh, the jar of boar sauce and um, got to just kind of walk around because there's no one up there except these two guys right now because it's the middle of winter. But um, – it showed me how if you have a smaller area, smaller square meters, you can have much nicer uh, materials to like the way they to restore to place. restore it. It was small, but it was cozy. And in the summertime, who cares? Because you're outside most of the time. And in the wintertime, it's it was just really like cozy. cozy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. And it was like, oh, this is gorgeous. And it's like you can never do it with a well. You can absolutely do it. You just need deep a pockets. lot of money. But a place like Kakamone. Our place. There's so many doors. There's so many windows. There's so many of all of that, that. Well, it gets hypnotizing when you're looking at properties online or deceiving because you might see something that's uh, like three or four structures. One of them, it's like over 550 meters square total. And it's um, parts of it are a little bit done, but you need to restore some. And some you could do now and some you could save for later. And the price tag's about 100,000 euros. And you're like, Wow, look at all this we get. But there is so much work to do. And 550 meters squared to restore is a lot. And even half of that is a lot to restore. It's never never ending. It's the money pit. But to see like a little 100 meters squared um, apartment, if you, not apartment, but little townhouse, like a three story. It's a townhouse that's 1,500 years old. Well, no, when it's a little, I say townhouse because. They're building, it's it's a building that they've split into two. So exactly. there's an upper and a lower entrance yes. to this big... And sometimes it's two or three stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, people think townhouses like connected. I know. I, know. I don't know what, how else to explain it. Well, that but... wasn't a very good job. <laughs> this is... <laughs> but it is. It's so th- it makes it a little more doable if you're thinking of something on a small scale like that, that you could really do it up. The other thing, the negative to this is there's eight eight different owners up there in these little... And, and this is this is all very small together. Um, the infighting. The this guy's nice. This guy's not this nice. This guy's stealing water. This, this guy steals water. To my this guy reported me because I wanted to pave over this little area, um, and I didn't ask permission from the city, from the village to do it. It's like, and it's oh not like he's doing something to make it ugly or terrible. He's just making it look nicer. Yeah. You think you're just trying to beautify your little no, your little nook? People and- are too. You're too close together. Like <sighs> they're too close together. I like my. Out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere. You, I don't ask permission to pave over the little thing. I just do it, and no one cares. I think the rule of thumb is you have to be able to pee outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that can. means no one's around. Yeah, they would. They would definitely have something to say if I was peeing outside up there. Mm-hmm. But interesting. It's a cool little spot. Absolutely gorgeous. The views are spectacular. Also. I know. I know. Um, Monte Forno, a place you'll never go to. <laughs> But they're all over Italy. Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's see here. What else is going on with coming to the end of the year and moving on to 2024? Um, We should name... We haven't done this in a while, but a throwback to um, years past. I think we should name an Asshole of the Year award. We've... um, 
<laughs> Diehards to the podcast will remember back in the day we used to every every season name an asshole of the year, and um, everyone. No, it all started with the guy who left the water running. It so everyone the... wants to hear like <laughs> everyone wants to hear the hor- you know the war stories, the horror stories of what's the worst guest you've ever had, and and every no one's no one's terrible, but there are once some a year, standouts, some standouts. <laughs> Um, so wait, should we tell really quick past, tell, past winners? Well, the guy who created the whole contest. The guy who created the whole contest decided he was wanted a Belgian. To, was a Belgian. He wanted to wash his clothes in the bidet. Left the bidet running and flooded the whole the whole uh, apartment. Apartment. It brought the water downstairs into the dining room behind the wine, a uh, huge wine uh, shelf, and uh, his, or. His, Whatever, Racks, whatever, whatever. It was a mess. It was a mess. His, it was a mess. His, his response was, "Well, you have insurance. That should, that'll take care of that." All the other guests come in and help to move the wine away from the wall and let it breathe. We have to call the police out to make a report for the insurance. insurance. And the guy stood there, just sat there the whole time, and just never once said, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," or anything. It was just, it was unfreaking believable. And the amount of what you just could hear dripping down, hitting the floor down here. It was thank God no damage really was um had but that got us inspired to we create had, an asshole of the year one. we had a german couple who the woman was younger <gasps> they were young and she, she was, was a real ball buster she was pregnant she was pissed because uh ashley said it takes about an hour to get to fano to the beach and it took them an hour and a half and they were ready to like they wanted to leave and they were very upset want their money back and, and all of this like, crazy well, stuff Okay, maybe there was traffic, or you drive slower, or we wanted to call the police on her. Um, <laughs> but then, call the police on. Well, her. no, that's what the that's what like the cleanly. That's what people say. Make scare them. <laughs> she was just a bitch. She um, was. Other ones. Let's see. Other asshole. Oh, the there. little girl. Oh, this one stuck the with Ashley. Ashley named a four-year-old asshole of the year once. Because- she was. <laughs> New Yorker, and she goes up into, I show her their apartment. They're here for, like, the, when we would do family weeks, and it's all other families here. And she goes into a room, four years old, and I hear her say, Dad, can we switch hotels? I don't get Wi-Fi in my room. And for some reason, this was, in like, this was probably 10 years ago at this point. For some reason, this girl has stuck. stuck and it Ashley. was also like, we we don't even have Wi-Fi. Like, what are you talking about? You're you're lucky you're in Italy, little girl. What are you? And she wouldn't play with the other kids. Only on her. <laughs> <laughs> only on her, she, or like, iPad. She She'd would, watch other kids play with toys. And uh, That was the girl that would yes. watch kids play with toys? Yes. Oh, that girl And was all weird. the other kids were trying to play with her. And she, it was so weird. All right. Well, this, this obviously, this. It's Obviously, stuck. is stuck to you. Anyway, there's been others. Every... The nudists. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then didn't want to pay. We had to hold we'll on to their we'll, passport. We'll get you back when we get home. Exactly. We'll get you and back then when, when Jason found out they were nudists, he was like, their butts have been on everything. <laughs> so this year, we don't, this year, nothing, nothing that great. We have uh, two candidates. Two candidates. Okay. Candidate number one is a younger person who decided to get drunk and want to play a record on my antique record player, which is not a problem, except he just decided to take it upon himself to just do, do it. it. I, I stepped away from after dinner uh, 
chats in the dining room. The guests were all hanging out. They'd had their dinner, their drinks. They're just and younger, younger being in his early thirties, mm-hmm. not younger is like twelve. And I um, go to like double check the chickens or something, whatever. Make sure everything's closed up outside at night. And oh no, it was one of the cats I was crying in the hallway, and I was like, "Get her out of here!" Anyway, I come back in, and the guy is futzing with the record player. Gets it all out of whack. It's not even plugged in. He doesn't know what he's doing. Ends up jamming it up. Broken control arm. Thank you, asshole of the year. Oh, my God. Thank you, asshole. Um, Yeah. Not a big deal. Like, all you have to do is say, hey, I got this record here. Can we play it? Yeah. Absolutely. When I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, who does that? He doesn't even know how to use a record player. It is freaking futzing with ours. It was just weird. And then also the same thing of the response of more like... Well, I'll send you money, you know, not just like, I don't know, just say you're sorry. I want to shame you a little because this was really weird. Who, goes, who I think, goes and does that? I think that's what you were really pissed about. Yeah. There's no shame in his game. Yeah, it was weird. Welcome to 2023. And it was like, you're super freaking drunk. Okay, so what is your candidate? That, that's, your nominee. That, that's Ash. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's Ashley's nominee. My nominee was over the summer, a sixty-something-year-old <laughs> um, person who decided to put his uh, clip his nails out, uh, at the window and then chuck them on the ground as everyone walks by in front of. The so he was kitchen. in the top floor. Yeah, he was clipping his toenails out of the bedroom window, throwing them out the bedroom window, which just so happens to be right above the kitchen door. As I'm coming out, I feel all this stuff rain down on me. I look up, <laughs> and there's this fucking asshole smiling, and sl- and then he goes, "Oh, no!" You said, "Are those toenails?" I go, "Are those toenails?" <laughs> Which That's is such right. a weird thing to even like. And he goes, think. "Yeah," and laughs. Okay. <laughs> Jason comes in super freaking pissed. Who's like, "Oh my god!" First of all, the guy should have never been here. It was a ladies' trip. And he like eight ladies. Who cares about this? This side story. Yeah, <laughs> because he should have never been character. here. Like, let the ladies have their fun. Meet him up later. The next. Who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Who does Contro- that? Who, what dude decides to join a ladies' trip? No, who clips their toenails oh, yeah. and then throws them out the window on top of people? And then, Jason, disgusting. Disgusting. Jason's totally disgusting. The guy comes down for breakfast and is like slightly shaved. It is, but like awkwardly shaved about it's like so i did something weird um my wife hates it when i clip my toe or she has a thing about toenails and i said yeah so does my husband (laughs) and he was like well i threw i clipped him out the window and they hit him and when he asked if they were toenails i laughed I sh- probably shouldn't have laughed. I go, no, <laughs> you shouldn't have. It's gross. And he was just like, oh. Interesting again. Never came up to me and apologized. And he's the one. I think he's going to get the winner because he's also the one we think weirdly took the the tourney. The, um, oh, yeah. The Is that, was the that stove. them? Okay. Yes. We also, <laughs> you know how the, on a gas stove, there's four plastic knobs, right? <laughs> this is so weird. We come in to clean the room. One of the four plastic knobs is missing. And it's gone. Yeah, none of the guests had said like, oh, we went yeah. to make coffee or and the knob was missing. Or the knob was missing? Now, or the knob broke. This was earlier in the season. They were the first guests. Okay. They were the first guests. So there was definitely like, come on. We're not going to miss a knob on one of the stoves. No. So, and there's no children here. No. We're, we've lost like... The plastic toilet paper roll, like for the Weird toilet paper stuff holder, from kids. kids will take stuff and, and move it about, and that's 
but yeah. this was all adults. So I think <laughs> that was his like do you think um, he token. Do you think I don't he collects know. them? Do you think trope. he's got a bunch of knobs at home? I no. All right, that guy wins. Congratulations, yep. Mr. Toenail. Mr. Toenail. We will send you out a windbreaker. You are the 2023 <laughs> winner of Asshole of the Year. Speaking of, who wants to book for 2024? You too, <laughs> you too. can enter into the contest. Just be yourself. Oh Just God. be yourself. Um, one thing to never say when you arrive, speaking of yourself, is this is one of the funniest things we get like once a year. We will, it was a lot. It used to be it a lot. It used to be more. a lot. We will be your easiest. They, we will be your, your best guests. We're we going to be, be your, be your be easiest guests. Easiest guest. Normally, and, it's whoever shows up. Uh, check-in is anytime after three. Normally, it's someone showing up at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. We were just in the area. We'll, we'll be super quiet. We're really chill. We're going to be the easiest guests. We're going to be your easiest guests. Here's the thing. <laughs> the people that are the easiest guests don't have to announce it. They just are. Just, just be don't. the easiest guest. Or just be normal. I don't even need you to be an easy guest. Just be normal. <laughs> Just be normal sauce for the five nights you're here. Oh, my God. Okay. So, good times. times. There you go. Um, But seriously, speaking of being guests, um, one of the workshops for next year is September 5th through 8th, and it's the Gourmet Getaway, and we are doing it the weekend of the Polenta Festival and the Ugly Club Festival. And this is the biggest festival weekend in our teeny tiny town of Piobico, and a great one to come to see. Um, You know, it is all yokels just the locals you will be the only ones speaking english there and um it is so much fun because the ugly club you we go ahead of time and they judge you on your ugliness and i'll never forget when we first moved here um a neighbor well who we, we didn't realize who he was we have two guys show up at the front door we were just had moved here and um <laughs> we opened the door and they said Hi, we're here from the Ugly Club, in the Club de Brutti, the International Ugly Club, and we've come to assess your ugliness. And we were just like, what is going on? And Roberto, um, who is one of these two guys, ends up becoming a dear friend of ours, but he hilariously proclaims himself, the, I'm the Condoleezza Rice, I'll never forget this, of the Ugly Club. And it was like, what? And this is Bush was still president. He said, I'm the Secretary of State. And it was just it's something that always stuck in my head. They give you a little card. They assess your ugliness. Um, and I thought my grandpa will never be more proud of me than joining this club. And so for the September 5 to 8, we go to their headquarters. They open it up and you sit down and get evaluated by the president and or vice president or secretary of state. Someone in the, <laughs> someone in the high cabinet. Someone in the high cabinet. Exactly. And um, then we go and have a polenta dinner in one of my favorite little cantinas owned um, by the um, pharmacist and he only opens up this little cantina um, for festivals and special events and it's just cooked by him and his family and friends and there's maybe a dozen little tables but you're underselling the significance of the polenta oh well the, uh, go for it so you're the the, food the, guy. the uh, um, polenta they do is in the old traditional way in a copper cauldron over an open fire they set up a little like teepee thing with the cauldron hanging and you stir it by hand the whole time you'll see a bunch of old guys sitting there stirring these bubbling cauldrons of polenta and this is not the wet soupy polenta or wet 
pour G polenta that you would find kind of sometimes up north. This is a they pour it onto a damp cloth um, on a table. On a table, they wrap it up and let it set, and it becomes firm. And then they take uh, string and, like you would cut a cinnamon roll, they cut slices. And then they put it into a casserole dish layered with this very rich sauce and tons red sauce, of red ragu, uh, ragu, and tons of aged pecorino. And you eat it like a ca- almost like a. And they kind of layer it, layer so it's it. almost like a lasagna. It's a little casserole lasagna. It is. Heavy. It is very heavy. <laughs> now, the funny part of this is they love to start doing it. It's to celebrate the uh, the harvest. So they'll start doing it in like um, August, August. Which is the worst time. There's nothing like sitting down to a <laughs> steaming pot plate of heavy polenta when it's just hot as hell outside. No, when you're sweating already. Oh, my it God. Is the worst. It's the worst. I go, why did – we were at one of these uh, – we got invited with Gaji and all the oldies to San Fernando for Fair Augusto. And we're all sitting there. August 15th. August 15th, just sitting there sweating. Just everyone is just dripping in sweat. And I turn and I go, why do you guys – why do we do such a hot, heavy – um, uh, a dish Lunch. in such a such climate, and you would have thought I like said something about, about the Madonna. Like, yeah, th- that that went over like record a, scratching. Yeah, that that didn't go over so good. Because <laughs> this is what we do. We've done it for hundreds of years. <laughs> Who are you? To All right, change it? I'm not change. I'm not asking to change it. I'm just saying let's mix in some vegetables and we can do the grilled meat and veggies. It's just. Whew, this is this. this it's heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. Um, but in September, it's perfect. It is because exactly. the weather has changed. And then at the cantina we go to, they serve it with the the regular style, but they also do it um, in Bianco with porcini and a little sausage, or they do it with a lumake with snails. Uh, if you can try the one with snails, it's fantastic it's really good with wild fennel wild fennel and Mm -hmm. snails i do it once a year right there it's you'll love it because it's vacation yummy yeah exactly something you wouldn't have vacation yummy is something that when you're on vacation you try and you go oh that's not that's not so bad that's kind of good you would and then at home you would never never have have that (laughs) you'd be like oh gross no (laughs) um but so September 5th through 8th, join us for that. It'll be a blast of a weekend. And um, also, I just added a workshop at the end of May, May 30th to June 2nd, a three-night, if anyone's interested. And July, we still have some openings for the full house rental if uh, you want to bring a group of friends. All right. So that sums up the uh, – let's let's move on to what's going around around here. Exactly. These, these are the dog days of winter. There is not a whole lot. Our lives consist of feeding animals, walking animals, entertaining animals, feeding ourselves, taking a nap, and doing it all over again. Repeat. Um, but the projects have started – The diet's going to begin after this load of um, – not load, but tray of cinnamon rolls. I made cinnamon rolls. It's Sunday morning. I felt like Can making you something. Can you say what the secret ingredient was? Well, this was a this was a <laughs> recipe from the south, and they put lard in the in the dough for the cinnamon rolls. So I was talking to my sister last night. I said, you know, I don't know if it I've was peaked a, fatness, so we're gonna do these cinnamon rolls and then go from there. I'm, I'm sure it's del- I'm sure it's delicious. Oh anyway, um, it's better than Crisco for you. The Crisco's yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegetables. It's gonna be delicious. I can't Not wait. Good. This, uh, b- lard is heart healthy. Hello. 
So the dog days, we went through the rooms, did the walkthrough, yep. what needs to be updated and done. We're going to try to get ahead of it and not wait until March, uh, March to start making fixes in the room. I want this stuff done now. Uh, I would, <laughs> I want it done now. Whether we're going to do it, that's a whole other story. Oh, we have to repaint the whole downstairs because of Leroy. Oh, man. He... <laughs> if you have a slobbery dog... <laughs> And they shake their they shake their face. You there's there's no way to get it out of the paint. No, we have to repaint the whole downstairs. So thanks, yeah, totally. Um, with the Great Dane. Um, we have not killed. We have not slaughtered the pigs yet. It is. Um, I didn't feel well last week, so I didn't really organize anything. It finally got cold. I was going to say, week. and it wasn't cold. Um, and there's a whole lot more of logistics involved than just um, killing them. There's there's the logistics of. How do I get them from where we kill them to the place where we butcher them? And what do I, I need? Buckets and and bins and it's it's oh, a whole thing. Also, you have to clean the space that you're going to do clean it. Clean the space where we're going to do it. We have to clean off the pigs. It's we'll do it. I'm, How much do you think they weigh? I have no. That's you know what I was going to talk to you about that. I want to get one of those hooks that that has the weight on you know that that's like a a hook with a scale in it so uh-huh. when you, like you see them small ones for yeah. fish but a big one i want to know what they weigh me too i would say 150 kilo no you, probably not that much i think more they came at 50 they're huge 100 110 like 225 pounds 300 Three, 4 million <laughs> <laughs> they're big. They're not. They're not huge. Like, no, they're not disgustingly big. No, they're not like, like huge hogs. They're they're, they're medium size. Mm-hmm. They've gotten. They're they're ready. I'm ready to stop feeding them. It's wet down there. They're tearing up the. It got wet now, so they've decided that they're going to do what pigs do and start rooting, rooting, and they are doing an excellent job of it. So. Plus, I want. We're gonna. There's other things we have to do down there, but I'm not looking forward to it, which is why they are still alive. And we're getting the goats. Getting the goats. <laughs> All right. What other stuff going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Tomorrow, I'm going down two hours south to look at a tractor. We're look. It's hard to find a mid size, like a smaller size tractor with a front loader. I need a front loader. I need to move stuff. We're getting older. And moving things with your back is not such a great idea. We need a way to move wood and move. Well, also with animals, hay and hay, things like yeah, that. Yeah. So going to look at that. We'll see how that goes. Um, Gaji's been collecting our garbage for his garden. <laughs> Gaji. <laughs> I had a pile of like rotting, rotting uh, walnut. Uh, sticks. Not sticks. Uh Pole, not oh, poles, not poles, but for like posts. fencing, post fencing for posts. But the bottom meter is all rotten away because that was the you know the part near the near the ground. So I just put them in. You never know when you need something, something like that. Anyway, Gaji came over and that was gold. Oh. Can I you gonna use this? I go I go, what are you gonna do with it? He goes, I'm gonna put up a fence. I go, but you can't the bottoms are all rotten and the tops are kind of um from the sun just kind of disintegrating. Frayed. frayed. And so if you start trying to hammer them, it's just gonna just crumble. <laughs> <laughs> he came back by like three different times and went to another neighbor's for some other garbage. And like, dude, uh, you're a doctor, just go out and buy them. <laughs> How many do you need? Like he he came by and grabbed like fifty. How many? Like, okay, let's say they're five bucks a piece, which they're probably not. Just go. Just get Wait. Also, wasn't what did you say about the little shed he was building? What about it? 
something about all the holes. <laughs> we're putting, we're tinning up the roof of his, uh, of his little. He just made like a little, um, like a little shed, a little, little lean-to, little lean-to thing to like put the equipment under. He's equipment meaning just like shovels, shovels and hose and that kind of stuff. It's it's maybe uh, a meter and a half high and like two and a half meters wide with just no no walls or anything. Anyway, we're putting we're tinning up the roof and I missed the wood. Uh, uh, you know, underneath the tin, and it just came through. And he, God damn it, you're putting holes in my roof. Meanwhile, <laughs> okay, I go, Doctor, come on, are you really giving me a hard time? And I put two fingers through the <laughs> rusted hole, you know, 30 centimeters above where I'm hammering it into, hammering it to the top. I go, You don't think the water's going to get through here? Why do I don't have to make more of them? <laughs> Dude, go buy it. Just go buy a sheet of tin. It's not that expensive. You just your roof is gonna leak all over everything. Oh, classic. Good times. Good mm-hmm. times. So, uh, the doctor getting older. I think he wants to just have a few vegetables up by his house. I don't know. I don't know if this is a divorce or what's going on. He's not been happy in the last few years as I've not followed his uh, methods. Methods like I put in drip drip system i put in annuals How could you? like i put in annuals things well I, you will do all your exotics exo- that he doesn't that he right. does not support he doesn't support the exotic <laughs> tomatoes and then uh, just to refresh those those of you who don't know an exotic tomato is just a tomato that isn't a san marzano um it could a, still be an italian it tomato from still a different be part italian tomato it's just not one of the eight that are very common around here so uh, Jason's left the reservation yeah. in uh, God's mind. So we'll see. We'll see. I, we'll see. We'll oh, you want to plant in mounds and not in the... Oh, yeah. That's that- another thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> this is the big You're debate. Rocketous world. I want to plant in... They all plant in the in the deep part of the rows. You like, And then cover the plant up. In the ditch part. The ditch part. Not the high part. The low part. The problem with this is I don't have a lot of soil and it's really clay here. So that ends up kind of like suffocating the plant and it's not... I can't plow deep enough. So what I want to do is I want to get a mounder which makes these nice rounded kind of mounds and plant in the top of those. So that way the the plant has a lot more soft earth to go down um, and to come up and the whole thing. Up. It's it's just a different method of doing it. That's all. That is absolutely blasphemy. Blasphemy. And I think that's why he doesn't <laughs> want to do it. I know. Cause geez. I did it with the peppers. Cause the peppers would always get um, the, I'd always have pepper problems because the peppers don't like to have wet, wet roots. So they'd sit in the bottom of these rows and the water would just kind of sit there and it's packed. It's packed soil where I'm underneath the plant instead of nice fluffy soil. And they would, they would just have problems. Uh, this year I planted them. I redid it and planted them in the top and had more success with the peppers. So I want to do that with, with other the tomatoes and this is very, very intriguing. I know. Um, but this is what caused, I think, Gaji to not want to come down and do this anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he does come this winter or this summer. I don't think he could stay away. I don't think he can either. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap it up. I got to go bake cinnamon rolls. Yes. Um, thank you very much for listening. Ashley's going to wrap it up for you. And we will catch you in seven to nine months. Who knows? Thank you, guys. You know where to find us. Latavla Market. Oh, 
So I'm trying to figure out where the next like marketing place is because Facebook, not so much. Instagram, I'm getting stale or whatever. But trying to, and not that this is some next hot thing, but um, keep an eye out for us on YouTube Shorts. I've started to put a bunch of our little reels and video clips on YouTube Shorts again. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And I'm back on X. I thought, oh, what, what, what's more funny? Like, I don't know. All the newfangled. I'm not into TikTok, but maybe I'll have to do it. Tell me what you guys think if you know where we should go next to to market. But um, I know. La Tavola Marque. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. You can find us, like I said, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or X, whatever, Instagram. That's the main one. Um, and hope you guys are able to join us in the spring, summer, or fall of 2024. All right. Until next time. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.